Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Jeremy Pender. We are reviewing the Strickland victory over Adesanya from this past Saturday. I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of the show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treatment anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We are now joined by Jeremy Pender. Jeremy, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing very well. Appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, Today, what we're going to do, we're recording the episode on Wednesday, September 13th. So this past Saturday night, yeah, this past Saturday night, it seems like a long time ago, Sean Strickland, who was the fifth um, listed contender at 185 in the UFC, so a lot of people thought it wasn't even fair that he was getting a title shot, considered to be one of the biggest uh, upset victories in the history of the sport. He defeated, of course, Israel Adesanya. What are your thoughts on the fight? Um. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that big of an upset if Sean won. I thought people, I think a lot of people just get excited and hyped about Israel. He's good, man, but uh, everybody's ready to say that like he's better than uh, Anderson in his prime and stuff. And I just don't, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that he's as complete of a fighter as mm-hmm. as Silver. A lot of the guys in the division, he's just like a really specialized, really really good striker. So you were not, okay, so let's focus on that. You were not surprised that Strickland won. You didn't think at least it would have been that big of an upset, as big of an upset as, as historically it's being treated. Right. Though I saw it happen. I saw it happening as like just uh, probably like a boring decision for Izzy. Izzy was going to touch and run, touch and run, which like it looked like in the fight, that's what he attempted to do, but it just, he, he couldn't get away from Sean being right in his face. Tactically, 
what happened? Um, I think Izzy thought that he was going to be able to find Sean a little better. Um, with the boxing, you mean the with the hands? Yeah, with the hands, he probably anticipated more low kicks landing, but uh, Sean stands like an idiot. What the it's hell? Like, what is that? Wait, describe Sean Strickland's stance. Um, it's a square shoulder roll type uh, shell defense with straight legs. It's like if I were coaching fighters, I would tell them never to ever, ever do that. Um, Sean is really good at rolling off of punches, though. Like he's good at just being close enough to like even if he's getting tagged or touched, he's just rolling right away from them. And that lean back, that shoulder roll allows is uh, is helpful in that. And I don't think that Izzy could make the reads to capitalize on on that sort of stuff. And there's uh, a lot of stuff that Sean does where he's like his hands are in between him and his opponent. All the like um, he'll almost like half punch the air in between the two of the guys. And it's like he's trying to hard block or like do like karate style shit. Mm. Um, and then I noticed, like, probably, I think I started noticing it third, fourth round. He would almost throw his jab. Like, I know you can see me, but, like, yeah, um, he would throw it sort of like a hammer fist. Hammer fist from the Philly shell, his lead jab, his left hand. He was, yeah. Or, yeah. He can switch. Yeah. But, but mostly it was his left hand throwing out this. Mm -hmm. So our, our, our listeners can't see it, but it's a uh, Floyd Mayweather Philly shell. He's throwing the jab from the lead left hand, which is blocking his body, throwing that quick jab. Very unique for MMA. Yeah, I, he's one of the only guys to do it successfully. I know that Dustin Poirier plays a little bit of shell, and then uh, Rory McDonald uh, played the shell a little bit. There's not a whole bunch of other guys who who do that because it's not that effective when you're throwing high kicks and, and leaning back um, puts weight into your back leg so that the person can capitalize and kick your your front leg. But the way that Sean did it is like, traditionally the Philly shell, it looks like in boxing, it's more like in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like you could be right up on somebody, glove to glove, shoulder to shoulder and play that. And in MMA, if you do that, you're in a grappling exchange. So it's, it's really odd to watch in MMA. And again, like it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look cool. Looks fucking stupid. I hate it, but uh, it was extremely effective. Is that because Strickland knew there was no way in hell Izzy was actually going to shoot on him? Um, I would um, I would imagine that that's a little bit of it, but like he fights like that most of the time. Mm. I cannot like I've had more conversations about people being like, "What do you think about his stance? Like, what what do you think about me doing this?" All of the the people who train with. <laughs> oh my god! Are, like, you, are you hearing that? You think I could start doing that? And it's like, fucking no, dude. Like, just because that guy was successful that time doesn't mean that it's not immediately going to be exploited the next time. I thought Sean Strickland was a sideshow type act, to be honest. Kind of. No offense to I mean, he's obviously legitimate. I, I knew he was legitimate, but I didn't think this was going to happen. So I had almost... I, I, I was aware of him, but I'm now so much more intrigued because he's actually the fucking champion. But I went back and re-listened to the Joe Rogan episode with him, and he discussed some interesting things. It sounds like he spars, I think, pretty hard every single day. What are your thoughts on Sean Strickland? I know you have a lot. People are asking you about him a lot now. Um, well, but what about Sean Strickland as a fighter and his training habits? 
Um, I think that he he does everything wrong. Okay, like he does, okay, he okay. does exactly what you shouldn't be doing, but it's working for him, man. Like martial arts and fighting uh in particular, it's really like individual as far as like what works for you and what you can be successful with. And I try to tell all of the people that I'm working with is like look at it like um a video game with skill tree kind of stuff. If you put your experience points and like your time and your effort into developing stuff, you will get good at it and you will make it effective. Um, it looks like that's what Sean has done. And I I just I I'm really not about sparring hard every day. I'm not about sparring sparring every day uh at all. Is you should save the rounds for for when you're in front of people and crowds and getting paid for it instead of in the gym. And Sean just like watching his interviews, watching how he carries himself. He does seem like that, uh, gym bully, like I'll spar anybody. I'll beat your ass. I'll not. He like, he, there's video of him knocking people out and sparring, going to other places. Um, he was for a while notorious everywhere. You would read about Sean Strickland going to gyms and trying to hurt people. Like it's fucking stupid. Uh, that Orlando Sanchez thing. Oh no. Like not even that, that or Orlando obviously was in the wrong in that one, but like, was he? Okay. Well, I mean, he deliberately tried to break that dude's arm. He tried to break Sean Strickland's elbow. But but was Sean – I don't know what happened right before then, I guess. So, I mean, I'm not saying right, that right. That's, that's warranted. That's thing. Yeah, I don't know exactly what had happened. Those Ruka guys have are, are pretty uh, familiar with him, and they knew how he operated. And I think that that was just like probably a buddy of a buddy got hurt, and then he was like, I'll get him back for you. Orlando Sanchez was the gym enforcer that day. Uh, it looked to be the case, yes. Okay, so you're not advising your fighters going forward to stand straight up and do a Philly shell uh, um, type approach. To not, nobody's changed in their game entirely under Vision Cincinnati. Uh, no, they fucking better not. Um, I'm uh, super low kick heavy too, and Sean just leaves that completely on the table he's i've never seen him throw more than a couple low kicks in a fight before i don't think he he threw zero in the fight with izzy okay which is odd because the last two fights that he's had he's one and one against Bahia, and Bahia was super successful with low kicks and calf kicks why the fuck wouldn't you like at least try to say hey that's successful against them there's something that izzy's doing or izzy's not doing that makes him susceptible to that why not add that into your game but again he's not like the picture of uh, a great tactician he just does what works it seems from my eyes watching that uh, fight one of the skills or the things that Strickland is really good at or at least was really good at on Saturday was it looked like every low kick Izzy threw at him Every single one, every single one, Strickland checked in some way. So it kind of fucked up Izzy Shin and maybe Strickland's, but, you know, it was, it was, had to mentally, and it appeared to me at least, it, I've went back and watched it actually. I'm so intrigued with this fight yeah, a couple was, times. He went really well with that. He, and it, it, maybe it, it added to demoralizing Izzy. Izzy was then like, fuck, I, I got nothing. Well, a lot of those, uh, like, little, he almost like, okay, so he turns his toes out. Um, and uses like the uh, arch of his foot against the shin and the knee and the thigh, almost like the oblique kick that John 
throws or whatever john jones throws okay but he does it low it's more of like a stopping stopping them from moving forward kind of like i call it checking the base so like when i drill or we drill in like kickboxing class or sometimes in mma class we'll put those check the base things in where we're throwing the teeps and throwing low kicks and and really like focusing on hitting the leg it just stops you from moving forward a lot but sean would like check and then just keep coming and as he wouldn't do anything after he threw the low kicks he would like he would throw the low kick and hopefully sean would back up but then sean didn't back up and he didn't he like he didn't follow up his his initial offense with anything he would like touch the leg and then wait and then try to move back or move laterally against the cage and it, it was just it seemed like he was getting pushed around and 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 walked down the whole time i assume you have known and trained with chris curtis for a long time yeah, Chris was my my best friend for a long time. Have you ever spoke with him anything about Strickland, or do you know how he's doing or anything? Nope. Okay. Man, <laughs> is there? Yeah, I mean, I wish I, wish I could have had a better like answer for you, but like, no, I I really up until now, I just wasn't interested in talking about Sean Strickland. Like, he he wasn't on my mind at all. Me too. Even now, like I, I hope he does great. I hope he makes a billion fucking dollars and he and he starts family. It seems like the attention that he's getting is really kind of like building his character for the better. But, um, yeah, I'm still not like a big fan. I think Randy Couture fought James Tony. Did you ever see that fight? Yeah, it was a low single, and I think he finished him with a head and arm choke. <laughs> so. The Philly shell doesn't always, doesn't always work in MMA. Well, that's a totally different what do you scenario. Mean? What like, do you mean? What do you mean? James, James Tony's fighting Randy Couture. Randy's a fucking wrestler. And Sean's fighting not in a Philly shell. He's just using that hand position, right? Like he's not bent knees. Okay. Down. Okay. Chin down. That's an interesting like, distinction that. you just made. Could you repeat that? He's not fighting in a Philly shell, is what you said. Yeah, he's not using a Philly shell. He just has his hands in that, like a similar position. It's not the same thing. Okay. Like I, whatever people want to say about the, uh, the like uh, boxing versus MMA, like it's a Philly shell is a boxing defense. It was developed for boxing. It is used in primarily in boxing. It's used at close range. You don't see even guys who use it, uh, the Floyds and, and, and guys like that, they don't use it when they are at range of their opponent. Like their hands are usually up in like a high tight, high horns kind of package instead of I'm further away than your jab can reach. I better get into my Philly shell. A Philly shell is like a counter roll defense. Like you're going to try to roll off of their first or second punch and you're going to try to catch and shoot it. And I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel like Sean is like trying to stay in that pocket. He's backing out of the engagement just enough to like get touched by the punches to roll off and then enter back in. It's like very similar, um, very similar idea, but it's not at all the same. And, of course, the legs in a normal Philly shell are completely susceptible to leg kicks. Absolutely. That's why I don't feel like it's a great idea to to do that type of thing. And, like, you're 
literally fighting with one of your hands at your waist or chest. Like, you better pray that that shoulder takes care of all of the stuff on your lead side. And if you make a mistake of cross blocking, I know you can see me, but like they can't, but like if I'm taking my rear hand and putting it into my lead side to help my shoulder, okay, I'm susceptible on my rear side for high kicks or hooks. Mm, okay, okay. So like Philly shell is more this way and you're using like this kind of thing. And then sometimes they'll use that elbow high and this like boxing, I can kind of parry that, that jab or that cross off like this. But now this side of my head is open for high kick. I gotcha. Okay. Did you, and I, mean, I think, I think Izzy was making that read. He just like, he was running out of space, moving backwards. He couldn't move backwards any further because he was running into the cage. Izzy, he wanted to Izzy's a counter striker, right? So that should be what he wants. I would think. Yeah, you, you would. Right. But did you see him counter strike? Really? He really, he really wasn't doing anything. He was trying to check the base. Like I was saying, I think he thought that his low kicks and his, his, uh, his jab was going to be the main weapon. He was going to use that to dictate the range and he was going to move around and skirt the outside. And Sean just didn't allow him, didn't allow him to do that. And, and I think it might be a little bit of like, I don't respect you as much as everybody respected you. And I'm not going to stay out here at range and like hope not to get clipped. He was like, fuck it. Let's, let's fight. And that's the one thing that I do like about Sean is like, he is there to fight you. He's going to throw punches at you until you fall down or he falls down. And that's fucking cool. But if you're fighting somebody who's not trying to be in an engagement, it ends up being like, I'm walking forward and you're running away the entire time. And and that's what we got. If there is one thing that you as a coach and a martial artist would take away from Sean Strickland and a positive, I assume it's what you just said. It's that he's, he's there to fight. He's not shying away he's from willing the fight. To engage. He's willing to engage. And, um, if he takes a couple shots, he's still going to be right where he was supposed to, right, right where he was before. But that's not always necessarily. A- well, like you saw what happened with Pahea. Like if, if, if you've got one of those guys that all it takes is like one shot, maybe that one shot that you took in order to be in an engagement is the last thing that happened. Like, you know what I mean? So tactically, you as a coach don't really take much away from this. Um. You didn't learn no, anything that you're going to add to your your coaching or your personal uh, game. No, no, not at all. I think that it was more of like Israel was completely confused by what was happening in front of him. He didn't realize that Sean was going to be so like willing to engage with him. I, I, you saw how he was faint. Like Izzy always faints so much, mm-hmm. and like I love that, but. If you don't have somebody who's like reacting and biting on your feints, like they really aren't doing any much and doing much, so you should probably stop fainting and just throw. Okay, so it would turn into then Jeremy Pender, the coach. What can we learn about this and take away from this from the side of you as a coach to Izzy? Um, I would say after the low kicks, you have to start more off. Like you have to throw throw something off the low kicks. He wasn't setting the low kicks up off of much other than like a faint. He would faint and then throw a low kick and then he would stop. And then he would try to move or like hope that Sean would throw back so he could counter. 
And most of the time, he just got his low kicks checked. And Sean would just sit there in front of him. And, like, a lot of the times Izzy would throw, Sean would simultaneously counter. Like, he would try to throw at the same time. Which, for a counter striker that is trying to get that counter in, it's fucking infuriating. Like, you want, like, it's supposed to be, like, turn-based, you know? Like, you just went, let me go. And Sean's like, no, I'm going to throw some bullshit in between us while you're trying to hit me as well. And it's not always, it doesn't look like he was actually trying to, to like, land even. He was just putting his hands in, like, stuff in between them um there's a couple of guys around the area that kind of have that that sparring like that do that in sparring and i i don't spar with them i fucking hate sparring with them you hate sparring with them why because it doesn't make any sense and like i i don't feel good about it I, i was like this is dumb you're not trying to hit like you're they're not trying to hit like actually do damage or like score they're just throwing a bunch of like little pity pat bullshit trying to make it so it's hard for you to like actually sit and set up and throw uh thoughtful combinations they're just like maybe if i can make it so chaotic you're gonna be as bad as i am and you don't see that being much of a formula for success at mma um not long term no i don't I think maybe you can win some fights against some people who are better than you that way, but I don't think that that's uh, sustainable. I think that it's very easy to start figuring that out and just putting them in a different spot, putting them in a different area of the fight. There was no clinch fighting against the cage. There was no grappling. Uh, The only inkling of grappling was Izzy overextending and Sean uh, level changing and kind of like popping out behind him, but he didn't really even try to finish anything. Does Sean Strickland kind of have a boring style? Because, it, I mean, if you watch that fight, I heard someone, I think it was the Rooster, uh, said, <laughs> Blake Kellogg said on his Facebook page that he thought Izzy threw the fight. And I, <laughs> I don't agree with Rooster on that one. However, at times, you're kind of like, I was watching, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? It, that's the greatest ever at this weight class and he's in his prime what's he's not though okay. he's not okay I, I i don't i don't believe that to be the case at all okay but it, it it looks like strickland has the boring most boring style in the history of the world and he basically is going to try to counter punch do the sloppy stuff you're talking about get a few punches here and I there think- he's not going to knock you out but he's going to win a super fucking sloppy decision well maybe he maybe maybe he would like you saw the first round he could have put him out there True. That w- that was actually you could say. What do you think of that? Should that have been stopped? No. Okay. Was it no, clo- was uh, it close? I think that he landed. If he landed like you when he was like running those hooks and uppercuts against the against the fence uh, after the knockdown, I think if he was like a little bit more patient and like picked his shots a little more and like landed some lean ones on the chin, I think that could have been stopped for sure. But he was like. It, it was obviously like he got excited. He was like, "Ooh, it's time. He's going to go. And then he got to his feet and, and got out of there. That And nothing, take away nothing uh, from Izzy. Like, he's a fantastic fighter. I just don't, I think that everybody's, like, pedestalizing him, like, putting him on a pedestal because he's, like, the cha- like the middleweight now, right? Like, there's plenty of middleweights that, that would give him a really hard time, but he hasn't fought them. Who who's someone who who would fuck? Do you have anyone off the top of your head? 
I don't know if anybody would just like beat him easy, but okay. I think um, I think Duplessis is a tough fight. I think that um, let's see what's the fucking Hamzat. Okay, Jimmy, he's he's good. Um, and being I'm just gonna be that guy. I think Bo Nickel. Ooh, okay, that's what I, I was looking Bo for. I think Bo Nickel very well could end up being that guy. He could be the guy who is like, he will surpass Anderson for being the greatest middleweight of all time. It's possible, but it's also possible he gets starched in his next fight and never fights again. I don't know. But your prediction as of right now is that Bo Nickel has a very bright future. He has the biggest upside in that division, even more so than Hamzat. Some career martial artists, people who've been in the martial arts world their whole life, but never did wrestle and are now into MMA would take the argument that, yeah, wrestling's important, but you know, you need to be real uh, well-rounded. You did not wrestle growing up. However, you are erring on the side of really buying into the Bo Nickel hype. Why is wrestling so important? And it, did I just exaggerate with my description? No, wrestling is the most important martial art to have a, an understand like a proficiency in it. It decides where you're fighting. Like if you're getting your ass beat on the feet and you're okay on the ground, if your wrestling is good, you're you have a good chance. And same, like if if I'm winning on the feet and the other guy's really good at jujitsu and I don't have enough wrestling to stop him from taking me down, that's sort of sort of uh, not a recipe for success. And that's I think that that's why my record looks like the way that it is. Uh, if I would have focused a little bit more on wrestling throughout my career, I think I would have done a lot better. So it's either wrestling, a, a wrestling match, or you get a spectacular kickboxing match like what we saw on Saturday, right? That was really aesthetically pleasing to watch, wasn't it? No, wasn't that an ugly fight? Um, I didn't. I didn't have a good time watching it. I thought that there, and and it takes it takes two people to fight. I know you were saying like Sean was was boring. I don't know if that's a criticism that he gets a lot, but. Um, it really takes two people to get in there and be willing to fight each other in order to have an exciting fight. Um, you see Izzy and Gastelum, that was a fucking barn burner, right? And they were swinging at each other. But it's a style thing, man. It's it's Styles make fights. And sometimes you have like a really exciting finisher or a fighter like Izzy who has like a good amount of finishes on his record. And you have Sean who's like tough and game and he's willing to trade with people that's built for like Israel to like knock his block off. Right. That's what everybody thought was going to happen. And then when it's time to fight, it's a whole different story, especially when you got a guy in there who's like not scared of you. He's not scared of you. He's not going to sit there and watch you beat the shit out of him. He's trying to win the championship. And I think that's uh, what Izzy has been used to aside from his last three fights is just getting people in there and them just watching him beat the crap out of them and being like, Oh man, he's so fast. or Oh, he's so tricky. Like, Oh, fuck that. Chelsea and Anderson Silva won. Don't give a shit. Punch through his chest, take him down or punch through his chest and, and punch some more. And that's another uh, instance in, in the fight where like, Either one of those guys would have been more successful with with striking to the head if they would have started first on the body. If they punt, if they jab the chest, jab the stomach, throw a right hand to the to the chest of the stomach, and then follow up to the head, I think because both of those guys have really good head movement. And if somebody has good head movement, you need to stop their head from moving by punching them in the body, 
and then find their head with something up top. Did we see any body shots? Yes. Okay. Israel threw a left hook to the liver uh, at least a couple times, and then I think fifth round or fourth round when Sean was starting to open up and throwing, like, multiple hooks at a time. Do you remember those? Okay, those okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of the, like, there was at least yeah. one where he, he put a two-body where he, like, hit the head with the jab or, like, threw the head, the jab to the head, and then threw the cross to the stomach and come back up, comes back up to the head with his hooks that kind of shit would make will make you more successful against somebody like Izzy who's like just pull countering the entire time he's trying to use his range and like just pulling the same way every single time but on Sean's side like he was parrying the same way every single time and there's a clip uh of Eric his uh coach where he was saying that Izzy um talked to him and he was like, you saved Sean's life by calling out all my reads because I was going to uh, shift backwards to Southpaw and throw left straight to the head, left high kick. Cause he kept parrying the left hand the same way every single time. And that's a product of the hand position. That's a product of the Philly shell as you're like trying to cross parry shit. Okay. We're on the hierarchy of MMA tools. You said earlier in the episode, wrestling's number one, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. Where as does, far as like the martial arts skills go, um, if you want to say strength and conditioning is a skill, I would put that as number one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like being conditioned to go um, as long as you need to is the top priority. Wow, okay. That's literally the only thing that you can control in a fight is how good of a shape you were in. Okay. On that hierarchy, conditioning's one, wrestling's two, where does traditional boxing rank? Um, I think traditional boxing, why are you doing that? I, I don't, I don't like, that's fair. I don't, yeah, that's I know fair. it's, I like, it's all mixed together for you. It's all yeah. mixed together for you. I know that's your world. How much does it, uh, if someone has an amateur boxing record or something like that, how much does that help them for MMA? Well, it depends on who their coach is, Kelly. Okay. Like, okay. If, if they're bringing if they're bringing their feet together and trying to look slick and shit, like it's not going to help much. But if they're disciplined in their footwork, I think footwork is probably the second most important thing above all else. Like, if you can be in really good shape and be disciplined in your positioning, that's your feet and your hand positioning, your defensive positioning. You're going to be really hard to beat. If you can move in both stances and you can you can go forward, you can you can retreat. It's it's going to be really hard to deal with that fighter. So regardless of what their specialty is or what their skill set looks like, if they can move around the the octagon or the ring or whatever they're fighting in, and they're in shape, it's always going to be difficult to finish those guys or like find those guys for the most part. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, you are, as you said earlier, if you had wrestled more earlier in your career, maybe you'd have a, a, a better record. I think that's what you said. Uh, yes. You're sitting at 19 and 14. You are 36 years old, according to Tapology. Is that right? Yeah. You yeah. are. Um, what's that? I'm 20 and 14, technically, but they don't count the one that was over in Cyprus. So Okay. You were on a five-fight 
professional MMA winning streak uh, dating back to 2018. What's next? Um, just talking with you on Kelly Patrick show. Day, to, day by day, maybe you'll fight again, maybe not. Yeah, man, I've had some offers and we've had some stuff um, negotiated, but like at this point in my career, I, I'm i cool with not fighting again. It, it, it's got to be worth it. It has to be worth it because I have a family and I have a lot of students and I'm, try, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. I wear a lot of hats and um, if I'm going to get back in there and like really train for a fight, it it has to be, it has to make sense. Okay. Good stuff. Well, Jeremy, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me on.